0: Guys, do yesterday? I think I had grapes. Do you know what yesterday was? Grape's day. It's history.
1: Hello, and welcome to Kids Get Acquainted with the Internet, a Girl Meets World podcast.
2: I'm Dan. I'm Keith.
0: And I'm Caitlin. And today we're talking about episode nine of Girl Meets World: Girl Meets 1961,
2: and season three, episode nineteen of Boy Meets World: I Was a Teenage Spy.
0: And just to start off, we want to let everyone know that this episode of Girl Meets World was directed by Ryder Strong, who played Sean Hunter on Boy Meets World.
2: But you all know that. Yeah. So, uh,
1: I think just to start off, we want to talk about what we thought of this directing, What because it was a very different episode visually, and uh, you know, obviously it was a lot of fun going back into the past, so uh, we had a very different look, we had this different set, and you know the lighting was sort of different, the outfits were different. What did you guys think of the overall feel of this episode?
0: I thought the directing was great. It was definitely, like you said, it was really different and it had a totally unique vibe to it, which yeah. I, I've i never seen anything that Rider Strong has directed before, but I think this is pretty promising.
2: I enjoyed the visual impact of the sets. You know, the fact that there isn't this super high-key flat lighting, you have the more broody lighting, you have the different sets, and you have a different use of the sets. They really... They use the set in a slightly different way in this episode. I think it's a little more interactive. Yeah,
1: and it definitely makes me excited for future episodes that Ryder Strong does, just seeing that, like how he added his own feel to it. And just like little things like the editing during the singing and the close-ups that we had, it definitely set the episode apart, and I really appreciated that.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to comment on what you said about the sets. I also felt, like you said, it was used really well, and the whole set, was used like in the cafe they went they were on the stage they went over by the bar they sat in the tables you know the extras were really dynamic in the background i thought and usually it's kind of like oh we're on the couch we're on the couch right now let's pan over to the kitchen table no and like it's really really separate separate And like no one's walking into the room in the background
1: there was blocking yeah it was less static yeah Mm mm-hmm and that's the thing is, like, even though I, I think the bay window is a lot of fun, the bay window does really minimize movement. Yeah.
2: Why, why um, don't we ever see the bay window from slightly to the right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's nice to have more movement throughout the space because you're right, even when they're in the apartment, you're usually on the couch or you're at the table.
0: Yeah, and um, even if anyone's on the couch, like, no one's just, like, walking around in the background mm-hmm. and, like, coming into the room and now adding something but with a movement.
1: And yeah, so a couple other things we should just talk about is uh, no Augie in this episode. I thought it was good to sort of streamline the episode. We also have very little Topanga, which we'll get into more. What did you think about the outfits and the sort of different styles of acting?
0: As far as, like, accuracy, I didn't have a huge issue with them. And I loved May Clutterbucket's yes. outfit. Yes, <laughs> I did too. So First of all, well, well, let's, just, let's just talk about Clutterbucket real quick. <laughs> I don't I don't even know where that came from, but I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm a fan. I hope that continues as an
2: ongoing joke.
0: Yeah, at, at least for like <laughs> three episodes. Have the tables turned, I would just say. Yeah. A little yeah. Bit, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Lucas needs to mangle
2: back. At, le- yeah, at least that he has something that when she fires at him, he can kind of... Since we're
0: commenting on this real quick, I just want to say that that was one of my favorite parts of this episode. <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. I do know. I think he looked really great with the bangs and with the flowers and everything. I think Farkle looked cool. I think in general like, I was a fan of the costuming and they, they really put, you know, they took the extra mile. It's making me excited for like the Halloween episode that they're actually putting a little bit extra production values into these specials. Yeah, episodes. I
0: think also their budget was probably getting bigger at this point. Yeah,
1: well, I mean like, I think it's about how they use it, you know, definitely they yeah. pick out episodes. And then what did you think about the fact that they sort of took on different roles and I think it was sort of varied. I think some people did a really great job and other people sort of struggled a little bit.
2: We can get more into that as we go chronologically, okay. I think. Okay.
1: Alright, so I think we can get into the grading. For me, I would probably give this episode probably like a B. Um, I thought that it had some really great points, and I think the directing was awesome. I don't think that the flashbacks worked as awesomely as I would like them, beyond the visual aesthetic of it all. I thought that some of the lines were kind of... Out
0: of place? Yeah, a
1: a little out of place. It just, not as much happened in the flashbacks as I would have liked to. There wasn't a lot of progression, it was just sort of people chatting. And so that kind of brought it down for me a little bit. What about you guys?
0: So, for me, I think I'd probably give it a B-. minus. Some of the parallels that they were trying to do between the flashbacks and present day didn't quite work for me. I think, for one thing, they tried to do too many. Yeah. And... The wrap up, though I get it, like they wanted everything to connect, it didn't flow for me the way that they were all like, oh, our great grandparents knew each other in the past.
1: Yeah. I think it was kind of interesting to connect it back with having them all have sort of known e- their past ancestors having met each other and everything, but it was sort of overdone a little bit.
0: Just so Maya could have more drama in her life.
2: Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the B minus C plus range because the overall visual and sonic impact of the episode gave a really great takeaway when you're remembering the episode after it's done you feel pretty good about it but during the episode there were some low points where some of the things we talked about before where there's too much narration within the characters dialogue
0: It was a bit That's, cheesy
2: yeah it's, tr- it's troublesome when they really try to push these a little too knowing statements mm-hmm. out of these you know young characters
0: like a fortune cookie yeah.
2: <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> well, I think is so we had the opening scene, right, in the 60s, and then we went back to that scene where it's all the four of them together, right, and I really liked that scene, so then it got to the point where I was getting excited for it to go back to modern times, and you don't really want that, you know, you want it to be, like, exciting to go back to this flashback, because it's the special thing of the episode, but I was yeah. like, it felt, they felt more at ease in the modern setting to me, and so that was kind of a, but there were some really good laughs. In, Probably because the, the scenes
0: are shorter. Yeah. Maybe.
1: All right, so I think we can start talking a little about Boy Meets World. This is the first episode that the Boy Meets World did of time travel, flashbacky kind of thing. And Corey, sort of, he uh, has a malfunction with his microwave that teleports <laughs> him into the past, and is all just like a fantasy. Nineteen
2: fifty-seven. Yeah.
1: So this is like a really fun episode. It doesn't have like a whole lot of message to it, but it's very fast-paced. Quick joke. Quick joke. And also, we probably think it's more fast-paced because we've been re-walking the episodes at 1.5 the speed. <laughs> which is pretty hilarious if you ever <laughs> want to watch the episodes like that. Um,
0: but, Sean sounds very similar in both yeah. takes, so... yeah,
2: Sh- Sean sounds pretty much the same. Mr. Turner is really hard to understand. <laughs> Sped up. <out. laughs>
0: and when Topanga's chewing gum.
1: <laughs> so I thought the whole conceit of him, like, sort of actually going back in time was a lot of fun and sort of gave the episode more of a focus... Like, I do hope that in, like, other time travelly ones, they actually have them time-travel on Girl Meets World.
2: Only if it's dumb tasteful, Yeah.
1: We were all confused coming into this episode of Girl Meets World because... Right. The
2: opening led into a really strange transition.
1: Yeah, because it just, like, suddenly became that, and I thought that the whole episode was going to be in the past, and yeah. that was, like, how are they knowing what's happening, and, like...
0: I think one way that they could have really helped that yeah. is just putting the theme song after the classroom episode yeah. instead of after the, like, first part when Rosie walks into the cafe. Yeah. I think it would have transitioned cleaner. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, the worst part was when they started the theme song after the past and then they came back. back. to the past. Yeah it, yeah. it just was a weird, why would you put it there? Yeah.
1: Well, I also was, I think that it was, like, a very clear and simple way to handle this that I don't understand why they didn't just have Riley gets the book Opens it up, begins to read, and then it flashes
2: back.
0: Yeah. Right. Um, also, I wish we got that scene because I want to know where she got it. Maybe like what her initial reaction was. That would have been an interesting. Yeah, because she only comes
2: back with a book. We never see her yeah. actually get the book.
0: Yeah, like yeah, did she yeah. get it from Topanga? Did yeah. she find? Did, was she just like looking in old boxes?
2: Yeah. How great would it be? If we had a scene of her like in a storage room or something like that, or like I mean, and like all dusty, yeah, they probably don't have an attic, but whatever they would have, like going through some old stuff, that would have been a great. They probably would have had
0: like a storage bin in the basement because it's probably an apartment building. Well,
1: also, I mean, can you picture? I'm sure this has happened in other shows. I'm trying to think, remember an example? Guess like. They're in this place, and each thing they pick up leads to a flashback. Right. You know, like, that yeah. item is an item from, like, they pick up the guitar, and then it flashes back, and that right. kind of thing. It doesn't
2: even have to be explained on the show. It can just be yeah. an implied sort of, like, yeah. little yeah, trick through been the clean. character's eyes. Yeah. So,
1: Boy Meets World didn't have this issue because it was all focused on Corey and his movements through the space.
0: And um, they had a physical explanation of why he was in the past.
2: Which yeah. is obviously a little ridiculous, but if you can indulge in it, you know, you're mm. along for the ride.
1: Uh, I really loved in uh, Boy Meets World how, you know, Topanga was acting. I thought she did a great job. Sean was fun. Yeah. All the guest stars were fun.
0: Just to explain a little bit more of the plot of this episode so he goes back in time to the 50s, and it's right around the time of Sputnik being launched. And so Corey's not freaking out about it because he knows what Sputnik is because he's from the future, and everyone now thinks that he's a Russian spy.
1: Actually, I guess realized that there was like a Big missed opportunity not to have some sort of Back to the Future reference.
0: I kept waiting for one, actually. You know, know,
1: I'm wondering if they would have to secure rights for that, though. That's a good question, actually. I don't know. Because it was so
0: close? Also,
1: well, if it was a Disney-owned thing and Back to the Future wasn't Mm Disney-owned, that might be a problem. I don't know.
2: You don't know if they had to secure the rights and it would have been too much money or, you know. Because the
1: Karate Kid reference seemed out of nowhere. And it seemed like something that would be like a different boy meeting. Yeah, I episode. almost
2: I almost feel like they had a lot of like guest like on cameo stuff. Yeah. I wonder if there were just people like randomly there one day and be like, yeah. Hey I LA. <laughs> wanna be a star yeah. <laughs> Again. <laughs> hey, hey banana boy <laughs> <laughs> wanna be a star. Yeah. There's some really great moments in here,
1: like with Feeney and the future at the end of it and one of my yeah.
0: favorite parts was when Everyone is just about to accuse Corey of being a spy and take him away, and he yells, Flash! Flash! And everyone freaks out and drops to the ground. And this scene reminded me of a story from high school when I was a sophomore in US history and we were learning about the 50s and duck and cover. And during a test, we all decided beforehand, before the teacher got in, that in the middle of it, someone was going to play from their phone the sound of this huge alarm
2: Well, like an air raid yeah and, dur-
0: and during the test we all ducked and covered and she was so angry at us <laughs> really That's yes one. she was, she was very very angry. we and the thing is no one like didn't do it like everyone got under their desk during a test now, <laughs> it was the middle of a I class will say
2: i know who this teacher is and i had her a couple of years previous to this We would play poker in the middle class. (laughs) But
0: but during a test, I mean, no one actually got in trouble. Like, no one got points off their test because she was like 10 points off all your tests and then nothing happened. (laughs) But she was not happy we did it.
1: That's like writing gold. She was was the kind
2: of teacher that people gave her a hard time, but she kind of deserved it. (laughs) She was no feeny. She was difficult to deal with. (laughs) (laughs) And there were antics to be had
0: so this was definitely a lot more surreal than girl meets world because girl meets world had a more like of a connection to reality yeah. whereas this is this ended up being a dream sequence yeah. but you don't know that till the end so they, it they feels just, a lot more yeah, they
2: surreal. just let it go and just well as i opposed mean to are trying to explain it away you
0: don't
1: yeah. you don't know that it's a dream sequence but you know it's like I, must, I guess
2: you could say that no, he literally do. time travels. No, because they no, like, no, literally but, said, this. oh, this is your fantasy.
0: I don't think it's clear cut that yeah. he either time traveled or is having a dream. I think you're kind of wondering, like, yo, what's going on? But then so much happened. That's what
2: I was wondering. <laughs> yo,
1: what's going on?
0: Let's talk How about How
2: you this? doing? <laughs> How you doing, honey?
0: But because it's such a fast-paced episode, you don't exactly dwell on that, and you're not wondering the whole time. And then in the end, it's like, okay, it's a dream, and I totally buy that. Yeah, totally.
1: Getting into the actual Girl Meets World episode, we start off with this first scene in the classroom. We want to just take a second and talk about the fact that this is the second episode in a row that starts in the classroom with him, like, bringing on the lesson... Do we like those sorts of intros, or do we prefer to switch it up a little bit?
0: I like it sparingly, but I don't want it to be, like, the theme of the show. Like, this, like, the whole framework You don't want is... it to be a formula. Yes. Yeah.
2: I mean, it, it really depends on the context of the episode. If it lends itself to start in the classroom, by all means, start it in the classroom. Yeah. But it's, if they do start doing it too much, it's going to be a really easy out. Yeah. I
0: think it made more sense in this episode than last time. Because with that kind of social message, you can do it in a lot of different ways. Yeah. This one was purely history based, yeah. so it makes a lot more sense. And I'm not saying it didn't work last time, but it's just like I totally yeah. understand why they did do it this time, and it definitely made sense in the context.
1: So Corey is talking about the '60s, man, and he's really excited mm-hmm. about it. And his like nerdy excitement is is fun. I, do I like love that.
0: it. It was very teachery. Yeah,
1: he, he's like he really gets the like awkward dad thing pretty right, I think. <laughs> like, the excitement that makes you a little bit embarrassed, but is also kind of charming. And so they're kind of not having it. Nobody really cares about it. They're all, all the extras are hilariously, like, falling asleep and drawing on their hands. And our
0: favorite girl who we've decided to name Luna, or Lulu, more endearingly, <laughs> um, you've heard us talk about her before, is in the background, and she's, like, painting on her nails or something. Well, she's drawing
1: on her hands, isn't she? Yeah, oh yeah, she has yeah. a marker, and she's, like,
0: drawing... I think she might actually be drawing on her fingernails, though.
1: Yeah. We could say that um, she's the blonde girl who's usually, like, to the side of Lucas, or yeah. behind Lucas. Uh, yeah, so she was really funny, but a bunch of the extras were really hilarious Yeah, I agree.
0: Scene. The um, extras were definitely
2: they were uh, more involved. Yeah,
0: which I, I really want to pay tribute to the directing from Ryder Strong for that. I think that's probably part of it, that like all the extras, even in the flashback, were really dynamic yeah. in the background.
1: Yeah, totally. And so I mean, we get a couple of fun lines, like...
0: Riley says, no one cares about when you were our age. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he was their age in the 90s. Yeah.
1: So that's fun. <laughs> I know that you guys had a little bit of issue with nobody being excited about the 60s.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't think that was completely believable. I don't think just the, like, one school nerd is going to be, like, ooh, learning. I think it's, like, the 60s are interesting. I
2: just think that if they were going to have an episode where well, they picked a topic to show yeah. if the kids were disinterested, yeah. this is not the one. Well, it they're sort been, of reacting the been, way... No, no, no. It would have been feudalism! That's exactly crashed. what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: exactly... yeah. They, they're, they're, that reacting makes to sense. The, they're reacting to the 60s the way you'd react to feudalism when the 60s is the thing that you're excited to talk about usually in history Yeah, because it's a more hip topic. I do wonder... Personally, I'm someone who doesn't really care about history, so I probably wouldn't have been that excited. Yeah, but it's not about but, being
2: excited; it's about being less disinterested. Yeah. If you are not excited about history, would you rather learn about feudalism or the sixties?
1: Yeah, no, I, I see where you're coming yeah. from. I do wonder whether, and I'm a little worried, scared about the answer to this. But is this something about the generational change that now the 60s seems even older ago, and now the young kids are like even more just like, wow, that was ages ago, we don't care? Bob
2: Dylan, who's that?
1: Yeah, yeah like that. Okay. But- I that mean, hurts. And let's let's be honest, we, we in this group here were a lot more interested in the 60s, I think, than most of, like, the people even in our grade. Yeah, oh, obviously, yeah. yes. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know, but if you're a youngin' and you hate the 60s, let us know and make us sad. Yeah, or, yeah, like, a... what history does
0: interest you? Since Corey's a history teacher, this is gonna come up a lot, so...
2: Yeah, if we gonna talk about the 60s, obviously the big thing is gonna be music. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. what kind of music are listeners you know, interested in. I mean, do people know, you know, the great, like, 60s, 70s music? Because I know, like, when we were in high school, that's, like, a big part of what we listened yeah. to.
1: Honestly, they probably know them from, like, movies and things and don't even realize they're from the 60s. Yeah. That might be a thing. If
2: you are a listener of the show and you don't know who Jim Morrison is...
0: Or Bob Dylan.
2: Tweet us and let's have a discussion about
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> and then... There was the line uh, with Riley. Yes. And so Corey says, "What did you do yesterday? I ate grapes. <laughs> what was yesterday? Grapes day. Yes, that was, that was a amazing. Great that was amazing writing right there. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna say the writer did well yeah. there. And Rowan and, did great. Yes, that was amazing delivery. Yeah, that, I love Rowan and her that quirkiness. If,
2: if this show gets popular. They're going to, like, name that way of inflection after her. Yeah. That, that's, like, her trademark thing is that, like, that inflection. Like, that? what was that? Yeah. We should probably put a link to this, the video of her scaring uh, oh, Ben Savage. Yes. Oh, my God.
0: That was amazing. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was such a... If you haven't seen that, look at that, because their chemistry even shows just in real life that yeah. he's, like, so her dad in that moment. He's, Rowan, <laughs> you know, like, young lady, what are you doing? He, like, scares her so much. But just that, that type oh, of, no, she scares him, I mean. Yeah, yeah.
2: That type of delivery she has is just, it's so great, unique, and original, and it's so entirely her. Yeah, no,
1: I definitely agree. I think I personally like this opening scene. I think it sets the tone nicely. And then we have the weird transition into scene two where it just, like, suddenly is a flashback, which we've already talked about a little wait. bit. Flash! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, so now we're at the new set, and obviously we, we love the set. We love the, like, coloring and the lighting. Yeah, the... it's
2: nice that it's you're allowed to see things imperfectly. You're yeah. allowed to have the lights turned down a little bit you don't have to have this big fluorescent everything glow yeah. because it, gives, it wouldn't
0: have made sense here. The vibe yeah. would be different, and also they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're in a basement.
1: It gives it a very nice tone and makes it sort of like more relaxed. Yeah.
2: you can feel um, that you're in the scene. Yeah, it's more relatable because that's yeah. like in Boy Meets World. Even when they're home, it was a little closer to the cafe. Than it was to the house set and Girl Meets World, yeah. the lighting, you know, and yeah. you can feel part of that. You can't really feel part of and that. Was, that studio lit.
1: That was really a like a time thing because nowadays almost everything is, at least on Disney, is shot with those bright, vibrant colors, which we've been talking about since the pilot. But yeah, no, we the, an episode like this really underscores that that it's nice to have that different, mm-hmm. more dynamic. Yeah, lighting. it's really
2: refreshing. Yeah. One thing that was sort of tripping me
1: up in this uh, in this first scene of the flashback is that. I wasn't clear on what ages the characters were supposed to be playing, because I think by the end of the episode we sort of get the idea they're playing like 20-something-year-olds, right? Yeah. But to me... With that picture
0: of their relatives shown
2: next to them.
1: To me, Rowan was still kind of just playing Riley in a lot of ways.
2: And I think the biggest part of that is if you're watching the show... You want to see her playing Riley. Yeah. You want to get your money's worth out of the, you yeah. know the, of the time that you're spending watching. <laughs> They've got a contract. It just didn't for me personally, and I mean,
1: I love Rowan, but for me personally, because Riley is so blah, it feels blah! It, it seems more more of like she's playing a kid, whereas like I see like someone like Sabrina's character when she was playing May felt a little bit more mature, and I could buy that that was, like, a 20-year-old no. a little I bit. I see it
0: both ways.
2: So the thing about that is, though, I want you to think about Corey, even in the later seasons. Yeah. He still had that weird, immature take on things. and So its is it maybe just the fact that she is younger that you can't break away from that? I, I mean, I don't... Corey was
1: never an adult, even on Boy Meets World. Even by the end of Boy Meets World, he was still, like, a well, teen that... Like, oh, he was 19. I I, I don't know. Like,
0: I, I mean, I can see it both ways with Rowan. I mean, you can say that she may have been the weak link as far as playing her 60s counterpart. Yeah. But at the same time, she does say in the classroom when she's presenting about her great-grandmother, Rosie, yeah. that she was a wide-eyed... Bubbly, yeah. yeah, little weirdo yeah. who just wanted to see the best in everyone. So it's yeah. supposed to be like her.
1: Yeah, I know, and I and I get that, and I think that she did have a couple of really cool, like old fashioned lines. I just think that I was excited about seeing like what their range was, and if she, sort of transforming into a different role. Yeah, and to me, it was just kind of like Riley in the '60s, and that's fine. But I wasn't. Really and I think that's
2: girl. interesting because I actually have very little problem with that. And usually it would be me having the problem with something like that, and (laughs) you would be like, "Just live it. Just let it go. Don't be negative on the podcast."
1: (laughs) Oh, how The tables have turned. And I think it's it's just that I think it's because I would had been hearing a lot about how this episode showed how much range everyone had, Uh and that for me it did just feel like Riley. So so it was a bit of a disappointment.
2: Do you think that that. the um, the Maya to May transition was handled more to your liking in that way? Yeah, it was. And I I feel that way actually about everybody. Everybody, like, and I don't want to single out
1: Rowan because I think Rowan's a good actress. I, I mean, the character was written very similar to Riley, so yeah, yeah uh,
0: that's the biggest thing.
1: So she's playing Rosie McGee, her great grandmother,
0: on Topanga's side,
1: yes. And then, uh, Farkle is the first person we see, he's playing Ginsburg, who's like, we
0: don't know if that's his first name or his last name. That is a
2: must be a reference to you know, Allen Ginsberg. But... That's
0: what I thought,
1: yeah. So then, so Ginsberg is this like sort of bartender/slash photographer guy. So we get a lot of sort of quippy lines back and forth between Ginsburg and Rosie and they're sort of really pushing this uh 60s sort of slang thing here and this sort of beat mentality I guess. Uh and it doesn't work super well for me. But then we get into this uh scene It poster. gets
0: stronger as it goes along.
2: Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me is I I have a hard time getting past the Ginsburg voice. The the the, the voice that, you know, that was being put on by Corey Fogelmanis to get into this character, which isn't Farkle, but is sort of Farkle, but it's Ginsburg. I don't know. I think
1: he was pretty pretty different from Farkle. No, no. I know it was yeah.
2: different, but I think, for me, it was it was too over the top. I had a hard time getting past it.
1: And I don't know if that was an acting thing or a line thing, but... So, we have a couple lines. Like, we have the down here, McChick, which is a reference to the pilot... They really liked their callbacks on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it worked for me a little bit. We have Corey's beat poem, which I enjoyed. I thought that was pretty cool. And um, by Corey, you mean
2: Farkle. Yes, and meant... by Farkle, you mean Ginsberg? Yes, exactly.
0: Yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I actually really enjoyed that. I thought, um, I don't know, maybe it's just because he wasn't playing Farkle. I thought Corey Fogelmanis was, this is probably his strongest episode for me. I, I
1: can definitely see that, yeah.
0: Well, this is going to sound funny, but because he was so, like, toned down and chill, um, I thought it worked a lot better.
1: I agree with you. And uh, we should just take the point right now to say that we had our own beat poem that we put on YouTube, performed by lovely Keith over here.
2: I am pretty lovely.
1: (laughs) Um, So if you want to check out our beat poem inspired by this episode, you can check that out on her uh, GMW podcast YouTube channel. And I guess I'll put it on the blog, too, probably.
2: Yep. I think you tweeted it. Yes, I did. It's on Twitter. It's everywhere.
1: We're really hip. Um, <laughs> so they're at Cafe Hay, which they take to do another one of their Geek Call references. Um, Unfortunately.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't need that.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked last time about how they keep going back to these, these specific catchphrase type things. And, and it's
0: only nine episodes in.
1: Yeah, and I yeah we got two of them in this episode, between the hay and then him actually doing it to Lucas later. So mm-hmm. not in, don't need that anymore. So then we have this beautiful sort of uh, shipping moment for the people who like Riley and Maya. Oh
0: my god, yeah, it
1: was. As they... The slow
2: gaze, the music (laughs) swells. Yeah, well,
1: it's a gentle smile.
2: Yeah, so as
1: they begin to meet each other, it, like, very clearly transitions the music into this,
2: like, (laughs) romantic-y, like, thing.
0: And they try to play it off as friendship, but we know.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it literally... No, with no bias. If someone walked to the room, it'd be really hard to say that that wasn't supposed to be a romantic moment. Yeah, yeah if you mean, if you replaced
0: one. either of them with a guy, everyone would totally easy, like, especially easily with say.
1: especially with Sabrina with like the flower hair, yeah, like, yeah. the free love, the mysterious girl. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we had a couple lines we liked from Riley. We had well from Rosie. Uh, <laughs> we had oh my gosh, yeah, man, I'm the weirdest cat around, which I thought was pretty fun. Oh um, yeah, I
0: like. I again, I liked her delivery on that.
1: I liked their back and forth, and I think that um, Sabrina did a really good job there too.
0: Yeah, what I really love is Sabrina's um, her voice mm-hmm. when she's playing May Clutterbucket. Yeah, wow, that's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> she just she's really soft, a bit reserved. And she definitely has this very peaceful fairy pixie vibe. Yeah.
1: Actually, that reminded me that on uh, Rowan did a live stream a few days ago, a couple weeks ago, and she imitated Sabrina, and it was really funny. She was, like did like a super low voice. I...
0: <laughs> I'm gonna have to see yeah. this. We should tweet out that link yeah, too. We should.
1: Uh, okay, so then we get back to reality into the modern times. Uh, back to but, the future yes exactly and then we find out that lucas's great-grandfather was named merlin
0: and then we get farkle who like makes fun of him with his like nerd calling. he's like merlin what was he a wizard and lucas is like all right farkle make it <laughs> yes
1: i like the repeated use of that that works for me well because if you're gonna have a character name that people can continually
2: yeah. be making and here about. we have we have Farkle and Lucas interacting a lot more than they have been in the last couple episodes. Yeah. yeah,
0: this definitely flowed better as a, a group scene than yeah. other ones have. It was, it was still they're still kind of getting there for me at least, but like this was this was pretty good.
1: Yeah, this is like my favorite scene in the episode, I think, and I think it was it shows that there is a solid four person dynamic there, which I wanted to talk about in relation to Boy Meets World because we never really got something like that on Boy Meets World yes. where we had like a core group of people because like. Even though there was sort of the trio of Corey, Sean, and Topanga, Topanga and Sean did not interact that often, and no. it wasn't like the three of them hanging out that
0: often. Yeah, and then even well, when Angela came in, there still really wasn't a, like a four-person dynamic. I would yeah. say I
2: will say a three-person dynamic and a four-person dynamic are inherently very different. Yeah, because of the you know the asymmetry. Yeah.
1: of it. Well, and also the fact uh, the uh, dating part of it too. Right. Yeah. I, I, I
2: actually I do think that. I will say the dynamic was a little different, but there definitely was a strong three-person dynamic in Bartman's yeah. world, and I do think there was significant interaction between Sean and Topanga. Well, Maybe not from the beginning. And then but, we had a
0: secondary trio of Eric, Rachel, and Jack. Yeah. So we, yeah, we never. Yeah. I guess
1: the thing that, that especially makes this stand out is that nobody's currently in a romantic entanglement. So like, That's even true. when we had uh, Sean and Angela and Corey and Topanga, it was like the couple. Combination. That's true. Whereas, like they just always yeah. double
0: dated. Yeah,
1: exactly. So this feels a little bit. I, I do enjoy this this part of the friendship theme. Um, I think it could lead to some cool things.
2: Friendship. The theme of the season. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where <are> my butt goes. <laughs> <laughs> so then we sort of get into this the, the meat of this episode, sort of the dramatic element is, of course, about Maya. Because who else is it going to be about? She's a troubled young woman. <laughs> yeah. Why
0: can't anyone else have drama? Yeah.
1: I, I mean, and the thing is, I'm not saying I don't like Maya having drama. She's great at doing it. She They, they write good stories for it, and uh, she's a great actress for it. But I do want, we need more... That
0: really creates a stigma for her. Because, I mean, she's supposed to be the, like, Sean-esque character of this show. And they're, like, I don't know... They're drawing too many parallels, I think.
2: Especially because Riley is supposed to be the protagonist. Mm. So she needs a little bit more personal drama. Well,
1: the thing is... Okay, so we can't act like Riley doesn't have drama. The thing is that Riley's drama is Riley creating drama for herself. Right. It's not realistic, like, hit-you-in-the-gut kind of drama. Yeah. Um, Yeah, And we need some of that for her, I think. Right.
2: You definitely do. I mean, I'm not saying they should just destroy her emotionally. (laughs) But she needs to... I mean, she doesn't exactly have to be put in a situation where she has to immediately mature. Yeah. But she needs little somethings here and there that give her a little bit more mm-hmm. of a struggle to work through. And
1: I will say, I kind of thought that they were heading in the right direction with uh, Girl Meets Maya's mother. And the way that Riley was sort of dealing with that and couldn't deal with the idea of disappointment and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was heading in the right direction. I just definitely think that if there was an episode, in, for me, where you might tear up or you might get really like sad for a character, it would all be about Maya.
0: Yeah, for me, that was that Girl Meets for, Father. Yeah.
1: Well, okay, can we point out some good uses where they did that with, they did it with Corey in the in Boy Meets World?
2: Who did that with Corey. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, a our, Panga Leaves. Was uh, yeah. yeah. Long Walk to Pittsburgh? Yeah,
0: yeah I think so. I um, thought that they, I
1: guess, recently watched the episode where he gets his license and he has that whole back and forth with his father. Mm-hmm. I think we need more drama
2: within the family, honestly. Yeah. I don't, honestly, that can get really petty really quickly. Mm. Because the parents are not just TV parents, yeah. they are characters that we've already seen. Yeah. So I'm afraid, honestly, I understand where you're coming from, but I'm really afraid of that.
1: I think that I would just like to see more of that. I definitely would like to see more of Lucas having a dramatic thing happen to him because he's never had anything that to question yeah. in his beliefs. He's he's always been the, the the worst thing about the narrating thing with his lines is that he is always right. Like the show wants you to think right. he's right in everything he, he says, and he's never been wrong. And yes. from the
0: beginning, uh, like yeah. once he first says it, it's not like you're like oh, like, is that what he means? Is that yeah. really true? It's like, oh, yeah, he said that. It must be true. Yeah.
1: Even in last week, which I liked a lot, you know, and he's feeling, he's seeming vulnerable, right? But he's right. explained to everybody why you shouldn't do this to me in a very even-keeled, non-emotional right. kind so of way. I,
0: so you mentioned earlier to us about him being a Mary Sue character. Do you want to yeah. talk about that a little more?
1: Um, yeah, I pulled pull it up on Wikipedia. Okay. It's, it's the best place for information. Uh, so <laughs> so just this sources, is, kids. <laughs> this is something that's come up because of fan fiction a lot, but it is an overall lit- literary term. So Mary Sue is an idealized character often, but not necessarily an author insert. And so it's usually like, oh, I'm going to write in this character that's the you know perfection. It's the, you know, he's the best person you can be. And he, I, I think he's like me. That's why I'm Yeah, it's into like
0: that. the personification um, of your morals.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean... He is, in a lot of ways, so far, been the personification of a lot of Michael Jacobs' morals.
2: They don't have to learn the lesson because they just have to wait for Lucas to say it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I was thinking about that especially in looking back at Sneak Attack. The fact that he's like... A thirteen-year-old boy and doesn't want to go on a date, and instead is going to explain why we're too young to be going on a date.
0: <laughs> yeah, that seems like
1: that's a great message. Unless, but that's something Corey should teach him,
2: or they need to learn like, through the story.
1: Yeah,
0: unless he just doesn't want to date girls, <laughs> yeah.
1: which is another uh, major hint, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying all this to say, oh, Lucas is terrible. I'm saying, okay, so.
2: Where's we, the development?
1: Yeah, we're, we have to... We I, I'm excited to see where it goes, and I think that... The, I'm not saying they're in this, like, they've written themselves into a hole and they can't get out of it. I think there's lots of ways to develop this.
0: Like, he's already this perfect character, then, like, what's he going to do to be yeah. better? Yeah,
1: and challenging his beliefs is the first thing that I think needs to happen.
0: I agree.
2: Which means that not all of them should come out unscathed. Because no, you can't just have them challenge and be like, oh... I guess I was right all along. Isn't yeah. that swell? Yeah. No, he should say he should say one of
1: those proclamation things at the opening of the an episode, and then by the end of the episode, somehow realize why he was right. wrong. Yeah, exactly.
2: Or could be conceived in, as wrong in certain yeah, contexts. Exactly. I
1: actually think it's. Kind of too bad he wasn't there. Wait, no, he was there, but he wasn't involved in the truth episode. Mm -hmm. Because I think that, like, the old-fashioned value is always tell the truth, right? Mm
2: -hmm. So if that could have been... You wanted to see him get on Corey's side and then watch him get in trouble and then somebody like... With Riley. Yeah, and then then, then Riley get mad at him or something like that. Yeah,
1: something in that ballpark. But anyway, getting back to to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I did like Maya sort of calling him out on these things. Maya's talking about how she's looking through this art book and she's talking about how everybody has so much to say and she never has anything to say. And he goes, You only know that because they've said it. And she says, Someday you'll make someone a very good fortune cookie. <laughs> I, I, I really did enjoy those kinds of Which I
0: was like, I didn't even know where she was going with that sentence at first. Yeah. Like, you'll make someone a very good housewife, you husband.
2: <laughs> now, I'm sure, I don't know what episode it was in, but there was an episode of Boy Meets World where somebody called Mr. Feeney a fortune cookie. Yeah, I do remember that. Oh, yes. So I think that was a reference. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's a good point. So there is this whole drama here with the book and with her feeling inadequate. And I do think that this is, like, a legitimate thing that's interesting. I mean, Mm because as an artist, I feel that way, too, in a lot of ways, where it's like, oh, like, I watched this amazing film and I'm inspired by it, but I'm also like, I'm never going to make that, so what's the point? And also,
0: I'm glad Um, that they're not dropping the art thing yeah that no. this is going to be a reoccurring thing not just like oh it's like a couple episodes and then like oh she used to draw yeah no. we forgot
1: and actually that Colored reminds me pencils <laughs> what happened to those that reminds me too so now we have multiple generations of her family being artists in different ways right because we yeah. have we have may as this musician we have her mom as an actress and i just think it would be really interesting to see how her mom reacts to the art because if it's like, oh, I I thought that I had this dream of being an actress and it didn't work out and it ruined my life. If I were her mom, I wouldn't want my Yeah, like, clutter buckets have like, their heads yeah. in the clouds.
0: <laughs> and you need to, like, be on a straight path. Yeah, so, yeah she I
2: mean, would want her to focus. Yeah, and, yeah.
1: Exactly. I mean, especially she wants her daughter to be better than her. So if I were in Maya's mother's position, I'd be like, oh, no, it's going to happen again.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting <laughs> like, because it's yeah. also a twist on, like, most parents want you to, like, be good in school and go to college just because, like, that's the thing to do. Yeah. Um, But she's doing it to protect her. So I think, like, I really like that kind of dynamic for that situation and that storyline. And
1: I definitely would like to see her mom react to that. Yeah. Well, let's give it some time. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Which maybe that's, like, maybe they'll follow up with why that's why she didn't go to the art show.
1: Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Because she
0: doesn't support it. Yeah. So then we have Maya looking through the art book, and she's discouraged and she just says the title of the book is why bother trying I'll never be as good as you anyway and Riley's response to this is that's a very discouraging title (laughs) yes (laughs) and she just leaves the book at the bakery and she doesn't want it and Riley tries to get it back but Maya won't let her
1: yeah I thought that was great so then we get back to the flashback she's writing this is it a poem
2: Or observation.
0: She's an observationalist of humanity. I think
2: it's mostly, if you think about the beat poetry, it's kind of like this stream of consciousness. It's half documentation, half poetry. And it's more just, you know, her just writing down whatever she's thinking at the time and then seeing what she's going to do with it later.
0: Write down what you see, but also write down what you feel.
2: Yeah. Yeah, man.
1: (laughs) Theme, so she's man. writing about the girl with the long blonde hair. We have no idea who that is. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, Mae is like holding it away from her and she's like, Give me back my book, you're embarrassing me, basically. <laughs> and she's like, Ooh, I wonder who you're writing about as if it's not totally obvious. <laughs> Which is a. The way totally... you just
1: said that is another... made it sound like another shit moment. It, it moment. is!
0: <laughs> it is another shit moment! And I think you all need to just get on board because this ship has definitely set sail. <laughs>
1: Alright, so then we have one of my favorite parts here is um, May talking about how she wants to go to Topanga Canyon.
0: Okay, uh, I thought that was, was
1: that, a really cool connection. I really
0: like that, especially because the way Topanga got her name was one of the writers was in traffic and he saw a sign, like, Topanga Canyon, like, this many miles away, yeah. like, on an exit sign, and, like, he was like, that's a, like, a really interesting thing, like, I want to name a character of that yeah. in Boy Meets World, and that's where Topanga got her name, but to give it, like, th- so we never had a backstory before... So to, like, finally get this backstory years later on this wacky name is awesome, I think.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really cool. And, I mean, we, we make all these jokes about Farkle and everything, but we, we haven't really talked much about how it all started with Topanga, kind of.
0: That's true. Well, I guess it
1: sort of started with Minkus, right? Because we had Minkus before Topanga. So the actual
0: yeah. line where Rosie acknowledges the name Topanga, um, Mae's telling her where she's going. She's on her way to a beautiful place with a bunch of other artists, Topanga yeah. Canyon. And she says, "Topango, what a beautiful name for something you want to love." First of all, I thought that sounded really funny. Something you want to love—like it's going to be really hard to love this. So let me give it a good name, and it might make this I mean, easier. I you're on really me.
2: kind
1: of intense about it. <laughs> I, I, I do enjoy the sentiment, but I agree the wording is a little funny. I really want to love it. I can't no, quite was, get there. It was, it
0: was cute though. Yeah. I did love it, and like I said, I appreciate the newfound backstory. Because yeah. I don't even know if Topanga ever knew, given that scene when she, find, when she yeah. reads this. Which
1: we'll get to that in a second. So that we have the singing uh, from Sabrina. Which, Which I was swell. Yeah, I like it. Was really, yeah nice. she
0: did a great job, yeah. and it flowed really well in this episode, yeah. because I was afraid of that. Yeah. That it was going to be a little out of place, and it was going to be like, and yeah. now it's the moment where Sabrina sings, yeah. but it was really... May clutter bucket yeah. in the moment,
1: and they they really built the character around that, and it also went on way less long than I was expecting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that was it was really you know used you know in a nice way. I think the editing was great, the close up on her face was great, mm-hmm. the, looking at the audience, and was great. the
0: costume is great because yeah. like her wig is really on point. Yeah,
1: and it really added to the tone of the episode. Really was with probably one of the high points I think. But this I get we can sort of get a little bit of a general conversation about singing on the show from this I think right. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously... We're starting
2: to have that trickle in.
1: Well, okay, except... Well, we
0: had that tweet from the yeah, writers, though. The writers
1: don't want to do it. Yeah. The writers no. only want to do it in things like this. They, they don't
2: ha- want another Hillary Duff fiasco. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they, they have quite quite, you know, very strongly and firmly said... We want our characters to be characters, not singers. We want it to be a reality, and I really appreciate that.
0: I mean, I definitely wouldn't mind a talent show episode because that's at least realistic in their world, but I don't need Mm. it. I'm just saying if they're going to do it, do it in a way that at least makes sense. Not like, oh, a talent agent found me and now I'm going to L.A. See,
2: I would disagree. I think a talent show is one of the things that is exactly how they would try to get away with it in that way. See, now, okay, I think that a talent
1: show... Could be good if but it, I think she's was, too good
2: for a talent well, show.
1: Well, no, I was gonna say, let me explain. I think a talent show could be good if it was Rowan and Riley was nervous the whole episode and then sang something sort of sweet and nice and it yeah. wasn't like a I'm a pop star! No, like, I totally you know, like... agree like <laughs> exactly. Because I
0: know that Rowan likes to do musicals and I don't yeah. think that would fit Riley. I think Riley would like yeah. them, I don't think Riley would be comfortable performing yeah.
1: them. I think if they do it, it should be in these sort of surreal, surreal sort of settings, and I think that's fine, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I don't know, do you guys, would you be up for season two of different theme songs sung by them? A yeah. different
2: theme song? The theme song is great for that. Yeah. The theme song is a, an outlet for that that they can get away with because it doesn't directly impact yeah. the characters themselves. And that's, that's what writers
1: keep saying. That, like, whenever people are asking, because a lot of people do want the singing, a lot of people are like, and the writers are like, I'm neutral yeah. on it. You on then, the can then, hear them every week. Well. Yeah. The, the, yeah.
2: The, or buy a CD from Sabrina yeah. Carpenter. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But it worked really well in this episode. Then we have a song from Merlin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess... Lucas thinks he's Johnny Cash all of a sudden. Um, so because the intro to that, you know, little guitar riff literally sounded exactly like "Walk the Line."
0: That wasn't Lucas. That was Merlin. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta have a leap of faith here. <laughs> well,
2: so that's the magic I, I of it personally, all I, guess. I
1: personally actually really liked Peyton in this episode, and I want to say that I officially have no issue with Peyton. I think he's doing, like, he's really. like... I
0: agree. You go, Peyton. He, you. He's
1: he's keyed into this this role. And even though I still have a few issues with the overall character, I think he's doing really well. I would agree
2: that I think Peyton is doing a lot better.
0: He found his best chemistry with Maya.
2: Like Dan said, I don't have any problem with Peyton. I did have a hard time getting past the Johnny Cash voice. I think that it was... I was very conscious every time that Merlin spoke that he was putting in a lot of effort to talk in that way.
1: I thought it was fun. I, I thought know, it was all to
2: talk in a good way.
0: I, I liked it. I mean, it's definitely supposed to be, like, it's supposed to be funny. Yeah.
2: I know that, but, like, it's, it's the same thing I had with the Ginsburg. It's It was a disguised voice that was a little bit too labor-intensive for me, and I had a hard time getting past that in the dialogue.
1: I can I can understand that point of view, but I don't have that feeling personally. So Merlin turns, and then Lucas turns in modern day, and it's a nice little visual transition, uh, and then we get these presentations, which for some reason they're having these dual presentations. Yeah, as... I really
0: don't understand. Is, is it a competition? Like, you talk about your great-grandparent, no. and I'm going to get my great-grandparent in on this, and it's way better. Again,
2: <laughs> yeah. does anyone else in the class present? <laughs> have, a, have a great-grandparent. <laughs> present? You even... Or even even have anything that looks like they might have had presented or might present after them?
0: Yeah, they could have literally had some. <laughs> Cory could have just been, and thank you, Mr. or, like, Ms. Well, we
1: wouldn't have gotten the transition.
0: And they, (laughs) that's true, but, like, they could have then sat down, and Riley and Lucas could have gone up and presented together for some reason. And, like, it could have just shown some kind of, like, Cory knows there's other people in the classroom.
2: (laughs) So
1: then we have the cowboy back and forth of the episode, and... Uh, I
0: really liked that interaction. Yes, like, I did
1: too. I liked the uh, her talking about, like, your. I, I believe in your rich Texas heritage. Well, even
0: before that, when Corey's like, why didn't you ever tell us about that? And Lucy's yeah. like, yeah, right. I'm gonna let Maya have, like, more ammunition on I me. I love how
1: it's, like, slowly getting to him more and more. It's like, the <laughs> first episode, he didn't care at all. Yeah, and he was, like, <laughs>
0: super chill, and he's like, nah, I'm way above this. And now he's like, Maya, you need to stop. <laughs> so,
1: do we want to talk about how that didn't really connect with what happened in the last episode i mean i I don't know how much we mind it
2: so last episode it seemed like maya was gonna stop you know saying those things because she seemed kind of like touched or you know made aware by lucas's speech that she was gonna be more sympathetic to him in that way i think
0: this might have to do with the episodes weren't
2: filmed in order yeah weren't
0: filmed in order and so they might not have even like had that impact, like, oh, we just recorded that, so, like, maybe we should tone it down this Well, it, it
1: definitely specifically stood out to me, because they have the line where she goes, I'm gonna stop saying those, and I was like, okay, where's this going? And then it went the usual way. And, I mean, it was still, I, I like this dynamic, it's funny. I think she's but... trying. It, it also
2: could be, I mean, you could explain it away saying, it's yeah. the character of Maya. Yeah. wanting to break the walls that she puts up around her yeah. and break her hiding behind the humor and the sarcasm, yeah. but, like, almost getting there and be like, no, wait, I have to be mean, I have to be funny yeah. and not show that I'm caring, yeah. you know?
1: As far as 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 far as the comedy goes, I think that they did a nice new twist on this by having him have some ammunition back and stuff like that. Oh, definitely. So I think that worked. I, I just yeah, as a dramatic progression goes i would have liked them to have a conversation about it
0: mm-hmm. yeah um, maybe that'll happen maybe now that it's getting to more and more yeah. it'll happen but now we have this new nickname, Bucky McBoing Boing. Yeah. So that's okay. And I will say,
1: I talked to the writers on Twitter about this, right, this whole dynamic, and they said that this is going to continue, but they're also developing a new dynamic for the two
2: of them, too. So we'll Which see is where fighting, that goes. Apparently. <laughs> fighting, apparently. Fighting. <laughs> well, because if they both have ammunition, yeah. the only logical next thing is that now they're going to argue a lot.
1: <laughs> All right. So then we have the uh, him talking about his great-grandfather's song. We get back into the flashbacks. And the song continues. Uh,
2: and the song continues.
1: <laughs> and then, so then we have a parallel back from in the, earlier in the episode, we had Farkle taking a picture of everybody. Now we have Ginsburg taking a picture of everybody at the cafe. Yeah, he
0: does it with his cell phone at first, and then, like, we've got the old-fashioned camera this time. So, like, I, I do appreciate that. It yeah. was just... It worked more for Ginsburg's character than I felt it did for Farkle's, because if that was something like Farkle always did, like he had like a scrapbook and he always, or something like, which I think would be a cool character thing. Um, Actually, I just
1: thought of something. What? Maybe they, maybe the implication is that he already was piecing together everything and he took the picture purposely to show this connection thing. I mean, it's a kind of yeah, stretch
2: I can see how you want to say that yeah. <laughs> but honestly I think it's more of the thing where every couple episodes they need a character to display something to make yeah. it seem like they've always been doing it yeah and they realize oh we oh, too bad let's do it yeah. you know
0: yeah I just like yeah it would have worked so much better if like this was a thing freckle always did or at least even just a, one or two episodes before that. Yeah, I think this. they
2: need to plan a little bit more in advance yeah. when they want to make these sort of character traits that are supposed to feel very genuine. They yeah. need to make them Well, right I don't now. even think that we
1: needed... I think it would have been really cool if they planned way in advance and they had taken a picture on like episode four or something when they all became friends for the first time and then that came back in this episode mm. and they used that picture. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been really cool. Do you think
2: the audience has enough patience for that? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. The other thing um, is, this early into a show, they can't be sure that everybody's watching it from the beginning. Yeah. And not just tuning in, you know, wherever yeah, no, it's Yeah, I know, I get Fair that. Enough.
1: But, I mean, I don't think it would have been that much of a stretch to be like, oh, we took a picture up some point in our lives.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that, this um, is true.
1: <laughs> so then we have May paralleling Maya because she so, so has the bad self image. She doesn't really believe in her singing, and she's sort of overwhelmed by Merlin's talent. Uh.
2: (laughs) Oh, yes. There was much talent there.
0: Uh, I just, um, I wanted to comment on Lucas's, or not Lucas, but Merlin's chemistry. Lovely
2: singing voice.
0: Yes, but also (laughs) his chemistry with, uh, Rosie and May. I thought it worked really well, especially when, uh, Rosie looks at him with, like, these batting doe eyes. And she's like, oh, do you really have to go? And he's like, I try not to stay places too long. Especially when people do that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Peyton's really good at the, like, being overwhelmed by people being attracted <laughs> to him I, re- I really
0: do. Yeah. I wonder if that just happens to him in real life and he's just like, this again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then we get a few parallels in a row here. I don't think I wrote them all down. One is this song name with this little joke.
0: And May's title of her song is, Why bother trying? I'll never be as good as you anyway. Which is what Maya called the book full of all the that she doesn't think she'll be able to do.
2: And then I kind of got this little, you know, jolt of, you know, I just realized because they were talking about the song, Sabrina Carpenter has a real song called Can't Blame a Girl for Trying. And I, I have to think that they're trying to make a weird snarky Parallel to yeah. that, also no, I like that. Yeah, it's really, yeah.
0: If you fun. ever look on Twitter, actually, Sabrina has some snarky back and forth with the writers. It's really <laughs> well. Fun. So does
1: Rowan. The two, all, all of them do. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's fun if you've never checked that out before. Just yeah. look at their like replies to each other.
1: Check this kid out. Yeah. They're like make it. Like, also, I like that they sort of have the. uh, They act like Michael Jacobs is just like old man. The way that the the younger kids in Boy Meets World thought about William Daniels. Or, yeah, that's that's you know, pretty good. Kind of <laughs> So then we're back at the modern day, and we find out sort of how it all turned out. We find out May sort of disappeared from society. Which
0: Riley finds out from Rosie's journal.
1: Yep. And we find out Merlin went to jail. He went left instead of right and didn't follow his friends and didn't have good enough friends to follow the right path um, or the left path. And um...
0: Riley reads from Rosie's journal that May disappeared. No one ever heard of May Clutterbucket. So she reads from Rosie's observations or her poetry about the girl with the long blonde hair, but she made a continuation of it.
2: She was speaking directly to Maya. She continued, you know, the work and was trying to, you know, convince Maya to, you know, have this more self-confidence and to follow her dreams and kind of believe in herself yeah. a little bit so l- Sort of
1: learn from history. Don't make the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, you should put yourself out there.
0: And then we get her handing over May's guitar who may gave it to Rosie. That's how yeah. Riley has it. And she has this feeling that Maya should have it. Yes.
1: So we talk, she talks about how history is a continuation and how it's all about trying to do better than the past. And uh, then we get this Boy Meets World reference where Corey goes, oh, now I get it.
0: Yeah, which Um, I think he was making fun of Riley at that point, though, being like, "Oh, Riley gets it now. Like history's important." Yeah,
1: but then obviously, still the connection with at the finale of Boy Meets World. Yeah, no, that Boy Meets World. Now I get it. Very similar inflection there. Uh huh. So then we have the scene end in a pretty surreal fashion.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, can I just say (laughs) that? Maya should not know how to play the guitar at this point. And that's just Sabrina. Well,
2: we don't know that she doesn't play guitar. I mean,
0: I feel like that's something that would have come up by now if she's, like, talking about art. And, like, having a talent and being meaningful. Uh,
1: I think it seems a little zany, but (laughs) it's not
2: totally out of the question by any means. Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like she was playing Led Zeppelin or anything, yeah. it was a pretty simple thing that she was doing in the classroom, yeah. which made it kind yeah. of okay for me. Yeah.
1: Um, okay, so then we <laughs> go back to The Lost and Found, and I point out that it would be kind of funny if they were like, Lost and Found, we hear you steal from The Lost and Found, we're not giving Yeah, you well, she,
0: she just says, hey, I lost something, and he's like, ah, oh, here's this book, like, no one's ever <laughs> lost anything at the store before. <laughs>
1: I mean, I think it works because you're supposed to think of it as their hangout and he probably knows it was her book. Yeah, but I But so. I just thought it was funny given the whole her stealing the locket from the Yeah, how thing. specific
2: that is. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh.
1: And then we have this little cute thing with she opens up the book and there's a picture from Riley.
0: And it's like stick figures of Riley and Sabrina.
1: And it goes, Maya's art goes here. Change the world.
0: And she, she acknowledges it, and she likes it, and she's like, what a weirdo. And she just turns <laughs> yeah. the page. I, I
1: enjoy that kind of cheesiness. It was sweet. Yeah, no, that, uh, was,
0: that was totally Riley, yeah. so I agree. And that was definitely a believable reaction from Maya.
1: So let me go to the quick little bay window scene. And I have to be honest, I wish the scene was cut from the episode. Yeah, I, I
2: agree entirely. Um,
1: because I thought that it took something that was a really great point where they brought the Topanga Canyon earlier, mm-hmm. and...
2: Why shout Emphas- Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It, it it made it. It took something good and then put it made it put a little bit too much emphasis on it, and it was. It's instead of something subtle and nice, it it like threw it in your face.
0: Well, yeah. like you said, this could have been done a lot better if we just had the actual. Riley finds the journal. And, like, maybe Topanga goes with her because she's like, oh, like, I think I have this, and it used to be my grandmother's, so let me go with you and yeah. find it. And she reads it out loud while she's with Topanga, and then um, we just see her reaction, hearing and, it and for the first time with Riley. The thing is,
1: I, I thought that it, I personally thought that it was handled pretty well. Like, I thought it was kind of a sweet moment, and I thought the acting was okay. Yeah. But I just felt like it wasn't needed. well. Yeah, it, it just, I, I just felt like that moment, if it was allowed to stay on its own would have been a lot more powerful to me. If you didn't yeah. if you had that line earlier and you didn't come back to it. it it's like when you do a, a sequel to a movie that doesn't need a sequel.
2: Right. You oh, know, if like, anything, it just waters down the original message instead yeah. of actually fortifying it.
1: Um, and we should say that's the only time we saw Daniel Fishel in the episode, so to me it sort of screams of, oh, we need to see Topang in this episode. Yeah,
2: it could be something that has to do with her contract, that she has to be at least so many seconds in every episode, or who knows.
1: So then we have the big reveal where everybody finds out from the research from Farkle that everybody's connected. And so what do you think of the the overall idea that everybody's connected? Because I don't really mind it. It's
0: It's okay. I mean, I don't know. It didn't... I at least appreciate that they weren't, like, friends when they were all younger and that it was just a one-time thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: at least better than what it could have been. Yeah.
2: as As long as it was, like, this little tangent, like, passing kind of thing. Yeah. But the thing I definitely didn't like was, the you know, Lucas and Riley are speaking in unison about just incredulously. And I just, I don't know, I just didn't like the way that was written.
1: The idea of them all having people that met each other at this one point is sort of larger than life. And I feel like they were trying to write a realistic reaction to it. But there's, like, it's pretty hard to write a believable, not cheesy, realistic reaction to something that is so, sort of, broad like that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: um, I mean, I don't, like, if that happened to me in real life, I'd be like, whoa, like, that's so cool. Yeah. But, and, like, yeah, that is kind of silly, but yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, it's the unison yeah. is what well, okay, it. So the problem
2: is, have... the problem is they started with it, yeah. and they just kept going, yeah. Yeah, they and they just kept going, and, and they just kept going.
1: So I have a legitimate question for you guys. What? How how believable do you think the research involved in this is? Like, do you think that if you went to go find out about your great grandparents, that you could get this much information?
2: Well, I think that you probably could. Some people, yeah, because like for instance, Maya really had nothing. Yeah, the only reason she had anything is because she had a small bit that she could tack on to what they already happened to have. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the problem with the the Farkles research is. If he only had an image, yeah, there's literally no way that he would know the names of these people and how they related to each other from just the image. Even yeah. with yeah. even with Riley's great grandmother's book, um, great-grandmother's book yeah. he couldn't be like, "Oh, I know exactly who these people are." Isn't that convenient? I pick your. Well, okay. I mean,
0: unless anything was written on the back of the picture, Farkle is just like. How do you know all these things? It wasn't quite explained. Sparkle
2: actually time traveled when on a different episode.
0: Uhhuh. I uh. mean
2: Actually about that, we do don't you remember the episode where Minkus like discovers time travel and gets stuck in that oh, time yeah. room? <laughs> <laughs> so, he so he passed it. On. Passed, yeah. <laughs> Alright, so then
1: we get one of our favorite, probably our favorite line of the episode. See, Lucas has been getting some awesome lines lately. So we have Maya saying, I come from a long line (laughs) of clutter buckets.
0: And then Lucas is like, oh, this is the greatest day of my life. And I just... I'm just really loving, I don't know, Peyton slash Lucas lately. Like, because that was gold for me in this episode. One of my favorite moments was that delivery. Because he, this is something he needed. (laughs) Yeah, no,
1: that was really fun. I really liked, I love the passion that he's throwing behind it lately. So then we get the overall moral of the episode. They sort of talk about, don't let your history be one of missed opportunities. You know, take the chances that are important to you. Build those friendships. And Maya goes, "I don't want to be a clutter bucket."
0: And Riley says, "You're all heart."
1: And I, I love these these uh, heart puns. I'm a fan of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely okay with it. I'm on Damn. board.
1: Do
2: you heart them?
1: I do heart them.
0: I heart the heart puns.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I like that whole thing. I, I guess my bigger issue about this this episode is I just felt like I wished more happened in the flashbacks.
0: Yeah. I, so in the Boy Meets World one, it was a lot more dynamic because we have, he's going to all these different sets and, um, you know, he's got an actual conflict going on in the past. Whereas there is no real conflict.
1: Yeah. In the flashbacks, I feel like Riley sort of wanders in. She's like, I don't know what I want. And then she's like sort of lightheaded and gets floating around, doesn't really know why she's there. And like, nobody really, they're always like hanging out for a really long time.
0: Yeah. And so like, it is really like, they're, Throwing the be chill man and go with the flow attitude Lay down some your throat. No
2: miss, get cat. This outrageous. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. But anyways, and I and I get that because you know what that is like a big theme of the '60s. It is kind of interesting. You know, it's just like it's this one night. It's just these people, you yeah. know, conversing in this place, and that that is kind of part of the theme.
1: I get the idea of like, oh, she's this like poetic person and the other people are there for performing and he works there. So it all like makes sense that they're there. It just seems like it's a lot of verbal play. I mean, I like all the perform. I don't know. I I don't, I can't really explain why I just feel like there was no, there was no attempted goal and there was no conflict. I'm kind
0: of okay with it though, because the conflict is that, you know, everyone just parts ways in an un- unsatisfactory way, which I, I like because we don't get that a lot in Girl Meets World reality, but in this surreal flashback, I, I like that we have, it's it's a lot more mature, I think, to like have mm. this sort of like open-ended thing.
2: That they, drifting apart is the natural thing, staying yeah. together is yeah. the active thing. I mean, well, they see, wrapped
0: it up in a nice bow yeah. that, like, they were all connected in the end, but I I like th- that the flashback ends yeah. that And
2: it's like, a weird sentiment to have this early on. Yeah, That's the kind of sentiment that I can see, like at a graduation episode mm-hmm. you know
1: well this sort of reminds me of the episode where it's like lose one friend lose all yeah. your friends lose yourself let's yeah. like don't let go of these things that matter
0: and then we saw like what might yeah. happen because of that but we see what actually do- does happen yeah. because Merlin went to jail no yeah. one ever heard of Mae Clutterbucket because she never pursued her yeah. dreams
2: maybe she just changed her name <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's probably true too <laughs>
1: Yeah. Now, I, I, def- I definitely like where, where the characters end. I guess think it's the, the that middle chunk. I like the beginning, I like the end. I think that middle chunk just drags mm-hmm. a little bit. Okay, but so then the scene ends with looking at this picture, and you guys had a lot of, to say about this picture.
0: I appreciated it for the most part, the, like, idea of it. The, they weren't... We actually see what all of their great-grandparents were supposed to look like in this time, and I, I really appreciated that Ginsburg was in the mirror. Yeah. And, um... We got that parallel with Farkle, and that they were just—they weren't just thirteen-year-olds playing thirteen-year-olds, or like might be playing 20 yeah. year olds
1: I thought that was a nice touch that it showed the older actors.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that
1: was really cool.
2: They were just, you know, similar and just dissimilar enough. Yeah, are all pulled together. But then when we have the, you know, the, the, the modern call, picture, yeah, the, the Girl Meets World cast picture, I just don't understand because it looked. Poorly photoshopped. photoshopped, where the lines, the edges were way too crisp.
0: Everyone lighting, looked like clip art. Yeah, the
2: lighting on the on the people was really bright, and the background was really dark. how could you not just, as easily as in the first picture, just take a picture of the yeah. actors?
1: And uh, and we're definitely nitpicking here, but it, it, it is extremely a, distracting. It it yeah, because
0: it was a full <laughs> screen of a picture. Yeah. So then it, so it is it seemed in like your a, it
1: seemed especially when they went the extra mile of taking that picture with the older actors yeah. it seemed like a weird oversight to I don't know what happened
2: So when you have you know this super bright lighting that they've been using you know traditionally in the show you know directly in contrast to the nice refreshing darkness that we've had in this episode it really stands out and it's especially distracting and awkward I think
1: So then we get to this tag of the episode
0: and Where it, everyone's really excited about history now, and this yeah. was an eye-opening project, so yeah. they're early for history class and want to know more about the 60s. Yeah.
1: He starts talking to them about Martin Luther King, which of course is a big, important thing that kids should learn about, but it felt kind of intense for this tag, because it's a message with kind of a lot more weight than the
2: whole episode. Yeah, the, it yeah. had nothing to yeah. do with the episode. I mean, they could easily have made an episode about that. Yeah. And they could have easily made this episode about that. And I think that would be a
0: great episode if they do have something that's like these are Martin Luther King's values and this is how you should implement them in real life and this is why and like you're having a real life situation that you need that.
1: And I don't want to act like I'm not saying the message of this episode was pointless. I'm just saying that a um, message about racism in Martin Luther King is a very heavy
2: thing,
0: and you need a whole yeah. episode about and, it. It yeah. can't just be an ending yeah. tag.
2: And just like you know, the Photoshop picture mm-hmm. being like, "Why is this in here?" That's what this kind of felt like. Why is this in here? Yeah,
1: I think he should have just started talking about Bob Dylan.
2: They could have tackled social issues that somehow related to yeah. something and that they talked about before in the episode.
0: So now it's time for everybody's favorite part of our episodes...
2: Mail time! Mail
0: time! Mail time. Oh.
1: Mail time. The mail here! Time. Oh. Time. Alright. <laughs> so we have a few tweets here. The first tweet of the week is from at JeremyPape93. He says, This is easily my least favorite Girl Meets World episode yet!
0: he's very excited about that exclamation (laughs) points and all
1: yeah um Um, i wish he'd elaborated a little bit we should have tweeted back at him but we were podcasting when he sent it yeah i mean i can sort of get it um it's not my least favorite but
2: i think that if the mood hadn't been set by the lighting and the music i might have felt that way but i think there was that kind of stuff that offset it enough for me to like it yeah i agree with you. yeah it was
0: a dynamic episode and it had its good points and bad points it definitely wasn't as hilly as some other episodes we've had
1: um and actually continuing on this thread we got a tweet from at nikki kendra and she said uh my least favorite episode i never liked the boremates world flashbacks either uh what was the point of them the one thing i love about this episode (laughs) was this sandwich (laughs) was uh we saw a topanga riley scene
2: finally yeah, wow. so,
1: I don't understand people who don't like the Boy Meets World flashbacks. Okay, yeah, God.
2: my favorite, one of my favorite episodes <laughs> is the one where they do, like, the Casablanca episode. Yeah. I was
1: actually, she, to be was honest... Was she
0: referencing the, wait, the flashback from... She
1: means the time travel one.
0: Oh, okay, I wasn't yeah. sure if she meant the, like, actual, legit flashback we got in that one episode. No, no, Girl she, Meets. I had talked
1: to her about this before. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... She, yeah, I, I don't get it. I I was a teenage spy. It's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, I loved
0: too. the time travel ones. They were so fun.
1: Yeah. For all the things I said about the, the Bay Window scene this week, I did, and I do appreciate, a Topanga and Riley-only scene.
0: Mm-hmm. I definitely think we need more of that to really show what their relationship is other than a typical TV mom and child. Yeah.
2: Child.
1: I forgot that Nikki actually said another thing. She said, I did see some Lucas Maya... Uh, Sabrina Peyton chemistry between them is fantastic. Yeah, I agree.
0: I yeah, I said that earlier, and I just I think that's really where Peyton especially found his place. Is like he has some good chemistry with my yeah. with Sabrina.
1: He plays well off of her, definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: And at Queen of Ryder says, I thought it was amazing. Learning how Topanga got her name was one of my favorite parts. That was so cool. Also, Ryder did a great job directing. My favorite episode so far.
1: So we have people on opposite sides of the spectrum here.
0: (laughs) Is that good? I I mean, I think that's... It's it's normal.
1: Decisive.
2: (laughs) It's normal. No, I actually disagree. It's a very polarizing episode. Yeah, it's...
1: Most episodes, people won't say it was my favorite or my least favorite, I feel like.
0: That's true. Uh, Maybe
1: a lot of people say this one was my favorite, but but having people say both is... Yeah, that um, is interesting. Yeah.
2: At underscore Swiffy says... Each episode just exceeds my expectations. It keeps getting better. Girl Meets 1961 was great. Man. <laughs> I enjoy the man. With the two um, ends. Yes. Okay, and now we're going to throw a shout out to at Gnight underscore Dwab, who writes in Hey, can I get a shout out? I love it when I hear my name on these, even when Keith is saying it in a very awkward way. <laughs> Sure thing, G knight underscore dwab. Here's your shout out. We totally didn't
0: specifically have Keith read it for that reason.
1: I also, swear. just so you know, I at least know that dwab means dog with a blog. I found but...
0: that out recently.
2: I'm pretty sure it means dwab.
0: What is a dwab to you?
2: You're a dwab to me. <laughs> that was
1: good. I'll keep that. <laughs> Alright, so then we got a nice little surprise here uh, where we, it's all started with us looking at who wrote the episodes.
2: Yeah, we, we had happened to have been doing some research right before we started recording at, you know, who the writers for the different episodes on Girl Meets World were and, you know, who had been writing for Boy Meets World.
0: And most recently, Girl Meets Smackle was written by Teresa Kale and Girl Meets 1961 was written by Matthew Nelson.
2: Yeah. So Dan was walking by and he was like reading his tweet out loud. I was like, oh, you know, Dave Kale was talking to us on Twitter. I'm like, Kale, like K-A-L-E, like the writer that we just read, <laughs> Teresa Kale? And he goes,
1: yes. And, he- <laughs> and then he wrote that he was biased about the episodes. I was like, this has to be him, right? <laughs> And then the really exciting thing happened, and talk about how I told you about this.
0: So Dan is upstairs, and he comes running down. We hear him, like, plopping down the stairs. Plopping. (laughs) And he's like, did you guys just see what happened? And I'm like, no, are you okay? Was there a car accident? Like, do we need to turn on the news? And it happened to be...
1: (laughs) That Teresa Kale tweeted us, too, and that she saw our, our video that we made with Keith with the beat poem... And uh, it was just really cool having a writer of the episode tweet oh, at us. Such a direct yeah. link. Yeah. So,
0: if you're listening, Teresa Kale, this is the kind of reaction that you instill on dance. Yes.
1: <laughs> Especially because she also included the writers, and I think oh, like, multiple writers, in that tweet to us. So, the idea that she's like, you guys should check this out is really cool, and we really appreciate that.
0: Thank you, yes. Teresa.
1: <laughs> so, that,
2: yeah, that was Cause, really cause cool. Because then that, in turn, grabbed the attention of Matt Nelson, yeah. who was the writer for this episode here
1: and also Dave Kale said that he might check out the podcast so that would be really cool
0: and if you did check out this podcast we hope you liked it (laughs) yes
1: I think is a good point for us to start talking about us as uh, analytical fellows the whole
2: point of these podcasts we're trying to be very objective we're trying to be critical We were talking earlier how critical has, you know, a bad rap. Yeah. I mean, critical does not mean negative. It gets thrown around like that. But critical means, you know, being analytical, you know, looking at things critically is taking a close look and then coming up with ideas and talking about them.
1: And I mean, like, so I just finished rewatching Veronica Mars, which is probably my favorite TV show of all time and completely picked it apart the entire way <laughs> through. Like, And I've seen this show probably eight times now, and I love it, and I still pick it apart every way through. And that's just kind of who I am. And it's, I think that's how you get better as a writer, and it's how you know you pay attention to all the messages that are coming at you. Because if you just some, like are passively taking in these messages and aren't thinking critically, that's a problem.
0: Yeah, I think we try to give each Girl Meets World episode a fair chance. And we have thrown in that, like, Oh, there was this boy meets world episode. This definitely did not work. I didn't remember that. And we try not to be nitpicky, but we know we have our moments. Yeah,
2: we
1: definitely can be negative, but we are pretty big fans of the show. We wouldn't be doing this podcast. I mean, if you yeah,
0: like. I love it. I'm gonna keep d- watching. He's gonna uh,
1: keep d- watching.
0: <laughs> I know mean, she's a yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yes. All right, so I think we can start wrapping up. Please send emails our way. We love emails. They make us happy. Send them to <laughs> g- gmwpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, check out our blog at gmwpodcast.wordpress.com. And I think I'm going to add a uh, link to the YouTube on there, too, so we'll have a whole YouTube section, because now we've been doing these YouTube videos pretty regularly. So check out our Beat Poem. GMW Podcast is our YouTube thing. Check us out on iTunes, can they're it with the Internet. us, rate us, review us, and this leads back into our contest. So, (laughs) I guess a little update here is my friend who is very nicely making us the feeny puppet that we're trying to uh, raffle off, sort of, here. Um, He got really sick this week, and so it is not completed yet. And uh, she's hopefully getting better very soon. And so once that's finished, we're going to get that out there. But so if you're new to this whole contest thing, we have a contest going for this Feeny Puppet. And if you write a review for us on iTunes, a nice little review, and you include the answer to this question.
0: What is Corey's real name?
1: Uh, then you will be able to be entered into this raffle to win the Feeny Puppet. Slazzy. So uh, we will definitely update you on Twitter and also our Twitter is GMW Podcast. Kind of easy you. to remember yeah. at this point. <laughs> uh, you will, we'll definitely update you on Twitter about this contest and I'll as soon as we get the finished product, we'll start tweeting pictures about it and we'll let you know more about this next week. But please enter, we'd love it.
0: And you're going to love it too. Yeah.
1: So thank you for listening and as always... Dream. Try. Do good. Class, Class dismissed. dismissed.
0: <laughs> Mr. Feeney is very smart. On many subjects, including art. And yet he can't help me with my frustration.
1: Come on,
0: the-